Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. I think we're going to start this episode with just a little... Request a request. <laughs> yeah, it's we we haven't asked for a while, guys. If you're listening for a while now, you're enjoying what you're hearing. If you could please leave us a five star review, that would be amazing. We really appreciate it. We have no idea why, but that really helps move us up on the charts and help other people find us. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done that yet, maybe if you could take a moment, do that now. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you. And if you know how the algorithm works in terms of moving up the charts with reviews and five stars, let us know because we don't know, (laughs) but but it seems to work. (laughs) Yep. Yes, it does. Um, And if you do like the podcast, please share it with your friends. We find that sharing amongst our listeners is how we get new listeners. That's the best way to find out about great new podcasts. So um, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. And ask your friends to leave us a review. Um, okay, so cheeky, cheeky little request there. Thanks. Um, so this week we're doing a, a very important topic. One that, again, Steph and I have talked about doing for a long time. Just hadn't really gotten around to it yet. But this is kind of um, we did a we did an episode about solo travel. God, last year. I mean, that was one of our first episode yeah that was got to be in our top 10 or one of our first 10 episodes yeah and um off the back of that we've been meaning to do an episode specifically about traveling as women obviously steph and i are women (laughs) this is something we have done a lot of and, and this is this will touch specifically around solo travel but a lot of this will still be still be applicable you know if you are traveling with a group of women so just to start off this episode i well for me anyways and steph i feel like you're the same i kind of i'm i'm 
actually super thankful that I don't really have any specific anecdotes or horrible stories that have happened to me um, as a woman traveling solo. And I feel like you're in the same boat. I've had a few close calls, but thankfully all situations where there was someone else to help out, um, which I'm eternally grateful for. So nothing, nothing horrible to report. Thankfully, knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, as I said, I'm the same. And I know we've talked about, you know, places that we've traveled as women where maybe we felt uncomfortable, but that's, you know, completely different to feeling unsafe and, you know, having just bad things happen, um, specifically if you are a woman. So, you know, we know, though, it's really important to talk about this. And we wanted to kind of discuss some of the more unsafe countries to visit as a mm. solo woman or even again as a in a group of women uh, but then also some of the safest and you know I, we want to caveat as well that we're not saying any of these countries are definite like no-go it's just about mm. being safe um also remember a lot of this is going to be regional as well and we'll talk about that when we discuss some of these countries yeah. And as we say, it's always, you know, it's at your own discretion. It's not to it's not to scare anyone off from traveling. It's just to give you a bit of insight. To be aware of the things the things to think of, the things to look for before you go. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the more you know, the safer you are. Exactly. So while we were doing this research, we came across a super useful index that was put together uh, last year by uh, husband-wife travel journalists Asher and Lyric Ferguson. Uh, So they have a blog. And what they've done, they've compiled a bunch of international data and put together what's called the Women's Danger Index. And this index is ultimately there to help women find the safest countries to visit and also highlight some of the more unsafe countries to visit to, especially solo. So I think it is more geared towards solo women travel. And so how it works, and we'll link this uh, index in the show notes, but it's essentially based on the 50 most visited tourist destinations around the world. Um, And what they've done, they've ranked them from top to bottom, and, and they look at individual categories around women's safety. So the individual categories, they're also broken down by country. So you can imagine some of these are going to differ by country. So what we thought we would do is talk through each of the individual categories and just talk about some of these countries and some of them that Steph and I have been to, um, mm-hmm. some of them that came as a bit of a surprise to see on these, you know, uh, in these categories. Um, but again, it's just to, to help sort of inform you guys and again we'll link it after so you can have a look but should we name the top the the eight categories and then we'll go through each of them so the eight factors of this index they include safe to walk alone at night um intentional homicide of women non-partner sexual violence intimate partner violence legal discrimination global gender gap gender equality and then lastly violence against women attitudes So let's dive in. Let's go through the first category, which I feel like this is, I mean, for me, this is the number one that I think of when I'm going to, you know, be traveling on my own and certain Mm -hmm. countries. Am I safe to walk alone at night? So what they did, they surveyed a bunch of women that were 15 years of age or older. um, And they asked them in the city or area where you live, do you feel safe walking alone at night? The top 10 worst countries, so in this list, South Africa came out on top, Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Ukraine, Chile, Turkey, Malaysia, and Egypt. Mm-hmm. So I've South- been to five of those. Yeah. I mean, I've been to, I've only been to a couple of them, but 
South Africa being number one. Now, South Africa tops a lot of these categories that we're going to go through. And I've never been to South Africa myself, but Steph, you have been. Mm-hmm. Was this one that surprised yeah, you? So, I mean, it surprised me that it was on top, not that it was on the list. Mm-hmm. But South Africa, when I went there, I spent a month in South Africa and everywhere I stayed there, I stayed with locals from couch surfing and they all told me the same thing. Um, never to walk alone in general at night, even with people, let alone by myself. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't surprise me. And this is somewhere, oh, I've got to say, there's very few places where I actually do walk alone at night. Right. I think maybe just where I live in a few, maybe two or three countries. But from everything I heard from the people, the locals living in South Africa was definitely not something I would have done. Okay. Uh, that's a lie. Okay. <laughs> as, as I said that, I remembered, I definitely had some nights out in Cape Town. I was thinking more of Joburg, but I had some nights out in Cape Town with groups of people kind of on Long Street, which is a big backpackers area where we did go out, have a couple drinks and walk back at night. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking big group. There'd be like yeah. eight, nine, ten of us. Yeah. Well, and that's a lot. I mean, even I would imagine that you had guys there as well. You know, we it wasn't yeah. a group of, yeah. So this is, I mean, I can totally understand like walking alone as a woman, a woman anyways, it's one of those things that, I mean, I was having this discussion with just a male friend of mine and telling him like all the things that women have to consider when they're just walking home at night. Mm-hmm. And my male friend was just like, I would have never thought of that. I would have never thought, you know, not to have my headphones and listening to music, like having my keys in my hand in case you need mm-hmm. to use them as a weapon. The, uh, yeah, the other ones that jump out here, I mean, Steph, you've done Brazil, Argentina. I mean, a lot of South America on here, Central Central America. Yeah. I mean, Brazil, someone tried to mug us during the day, so it doesn't surprise me about walking at night. Mm. Um Argentina, we had pickpocketers just all over during the day. So same thing. If it's happening during the day, imagine what's happening at night. Yeah. Uh, Mexico, it's been a long time since I've been to Mexico, so I can't really speak to it, but I imagine it's pretty comparable. The surprise on this list for me Mm -hmm. is the Dominican Republic. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. See, well, and I've I've been there, but again, I stayed on a resort. Um, I had my other issues with the Dominican when I was there, which we'll talk about that in some of the other categories. But um, yeah, I I don't know. Like when you you were there, Steph, you you didn't feel like it was uh, unsafe to walk around on your own? I mean, I've been a... See, here's the hard thing is I've been a few times. I definitely went off the resort, but the same thing, not at night by myself I just as a rule of thumb I never walk alone at night when I'm traveling right well and you should I I think uh, of all of this anyways guys regardless if a country you're visiting on your own is on this list or not you really shouldn't be walking around alone at Mm -hmm. night in an unfamiliar place anyways right just that's one of those things you know be safe uh if you are staying like if you are traveling solo and where you're staying like stay somewhere really central we talked I think in last week's episode when we were both in Marrakesh and the hostels we stayed in were like right in the in the central market area where there's people around all the time you're never really on your own so I think just avoid having to walk alone at night altogether book places that are you know in the hustle and bustle of the city where you're going um to avoid it it limits the window of time you could be alone so 
Yeah, exactly. Which is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, I can't really speak to Ukraine, Chile, Turkey, Malaysia. I haven't been to any of those countries. Would love to. Mm. And Egypt, yeah, Egypt didn't surprise me, I I mean, Egypt was one of those just walking around anyways as two blonde white women. We stood out. We got some attention. Um... Again, though, I think we talked about it before. I never felt... I didn't feel unsafe. It was just a bit uncomfortable. But yeah, would I walk around the streets of Cairo on my own at night? No. No. Absolutely yeah, not. same. And we were told same. that as well by drivers. Um, yeah, they said, you know what? Do yourself favors. Get drivers. Yeah. Well, and to give everyone the range of kind of the safety scale is only 25% of women said they would feel safe walking alone at night in South Africa. 47 did in Egypt. So that's quite the difference between number one and number 10. Yeah, yeah that's true. So yeah, just uh, have a look at the list. But bear in mind, you know, it could be any country. Just be safe. The next factor or category that comes up is intentional homicide of women. So I should note as well, these two categories that we just talked about, these two were weighted heavier in terms of like an overall average because we're going to give you guys like the top 10 from all of these at the end but so safe to walk alone at night and intentional homicide of women are the top two or they're the the categories where they've weighted heavier um yeah so intentional homicide of women i feel like this list also didn't really surprise me number one again south africa yeah number two russia then brazil Mm -hmm. mexico dominican republic india ukraine the usa philippines mm-hmm. and argentina so south africa top of the list again that didn't yeah. that didn't surprise me yeah i mean it doesn't surprise me unfortunately to see south africa at the top of the list again um from what i heard while i was there from all the locals it's violence is very pervasive and non-discriminatory there so yeah. You know, if they're coming to rob you, if they're coming to attack you for any reason, they don't care if you're a man or a woman. Um, I feel like most victims of lethal violence are men, but South Africa, the number of women is very high as well. Do you, what are the the gun laws in South Africa? Do you know? Was that something you asked Ooh, when you were there? Because I'm just I looking, yeah, I'm just looking at this list. And in only reason because the U.S. jumps out at me here, where obviously we know gun crime in the U.S. is a big deal. And in South Africa, I don't know what the laws are, but I mm-hmm. I have heard anyways, there's a lot of gun crime. Yeah, I, I can't speak to it. I don't actually know. So South Africa is number one. And then again, like you said, we've got, you know, Russia, Brazil, Mexico, Dominican. India didn't surprise me, unfortunately, just from... I've learned about the attitudes of uh, towards women in India. Mm. Ukraine really jumps out at me. And I think they were on the list as well about walking alone at night. Yeah. And I think maybe it's just because I don't know enough about the Ukraine. Um, yeah. But it surprised me. It was on both these lists. And then the USA. That one really got me thinking because I obviously have traveled almost every U.S. state alone solo as a woman. And I've said before it was the... More than anywhere I've traveled in the world, people were more concerned about my safety in the U.S. than they were anywhere else. And maybe that's just because it's easier to be comfortable there since the U.S. feels so much like home to me. Probably, yeah. Yeah, the intentional homicide of women. Seeing the U.S. make that list, it's a bit disheartening. It's the only 
it's the only Western, you know, kind of country appearance we've seen so far. Well, and that's it. When you look at some of these lists, there's definitely countries, and in, in this case, like the U.S. that pops out. Because as you, and again, maybe this is us talking as Canadians. And you know, we did the episode last week about culture shock. Right. Like mm-hmm. going to the U.S. for the most part, if we went there, we wouldn't, you know, as you said, we'd feel really at ease, comfortable because it is so close yeah. to home. But looking at this and looking at, yeah, it comes in number eight on countries of intentional homicide of women. It's like we should be a little bit more cautious, you know, mm-hmm. but again, that's going to be very regional as well. You know, we talked about that, uh, the culture shock episode as well, how it differs so much in different parts of it. They have different gun laws in different states. Yeah. And I'm looking at yeah. this, obviously homicide doesn't, it doesn't always equate to a gun. I'm, you know, I know that, but again, I'm just looking at some of these countries and the first thing that does spring to mind is what are their gun laws? I think for me looking at these lists, so like you just mentioned, when you see the USA, gun violence does come to mind first. And when I see some of the other countries, I'm almost wondering if it's sexual violence, which cause causing death. Right. Um, which kind of leads us into the next category, which is very applicable to travelers, is non-partner sexual mm. violence. So that's basically the percentage of women who have experienced sexual violence by a non-partner. Yeah. And they do note that this is a very typically underreported crime. Mm-hmm. So the countries you see on this list, it may actually be very skewed data because these are going to be countries where people are more comfortable reporting. Even when I looked at this list, I was sort of, we'll go through it, but Canada was number five. And I thought, like Steph and I are from Canada, a relatively safe country. But then as you said, Steph, Canada Mm -hmm. is a country where people do report sexual assaults, rape, And actually, so let's just go through the list. Do you want to? Number one, again, South Africa. Number two, Australia. Mm -hmm. Three, Mexico, USA, Canada, China, South Korea, Japan, Sweden, and the Netherlands. Yeah. Which to me, this list screams countries where women feel comfortable reporting violence. And that's why the the ones that stood out for me here, obviously Canada, Australia, but then Australia even, at number two. Yeah. yeah. And then Sweden and the Netherlands. But, um, and, and I mean, most of the other, even South Korea. But it's as you said, after when I sort of looked at it and thought about this, I'm like, wait, so there's so many other countries in the world where think about, think about some Middle Eastern countries where women are raped or sexually assaulted. And they're actually then put in prison because, you know, sexual relations outside of marriage is illegal. So there's a lot of countries around the world where these crimes are not actually being reported. So it's almost like when you're looking at where it says top 10 worst countries for Mm non-partner sexual violence, I'm actually almost looking at this as best, if that makes sense. Like I'm almost flipping it around. And because again, these are countries like if anything were to happen to you in Canada, you can report it and you will be. Yeah, hopefully taken seriously. Yeah. I think what I see looking at this, yes, is unfortunately sexual violence is a crime that happens worldwide. No country is immune to that. Mm. And there's no country you will travel to where there that is not a risk. But yeah, to me, this list, it's I don't know how much I take away from this list knowing just how I'm viewing it. There's one or two countries that jump out to me where I think I would genuinely be more concerned. I'm going to be concerned everywhere. Right. But that I would be more concerned, but um, overall, I feel like 
you know, and again, police not taking sexual violence seriously is also an issue in every country. Mm. Um, but I yeah. think it's less predominant in the countries on this list. Yeah, no, definitely. And this will tie into, you know, just again, being safe, not as you said, you know, walking alone at night, um, homicide against what, I mean, these all go hand in hand. So if we go into the next category, this is uh, intimate partner violence. So Mm -hmm. the percentage of women who have experienced physical or sexual violence committed by their intimate partner. So I think just like the previous category, this is also an underreported issue. So... Well, the list doesn't take into account the numbers. I mean, this list is based on the people who did report this. Yeah. So of the top 10 worst is Morocco, Thailand, China, Turkey, India, Brazil, the U.S., Chile, Vietnam, and Argentina. Mm -hmm. Um, So a couple cross, a couple, the same ones from the non-partner sexual violence. So yeah, I can't speak too much to this. I've only dated... Uh, from this list dated men from the usa and you know again thankfully no issues but yeah um i can't speak to intimate partner violence in any of these yeah i mean i guess in this category they are just looking at you know specific it it, this and again this might not have to this doesn't necessarily tie into those traveling right this is looking at overall intimate partner violence in these countries i think it does relate to those traveling in the way that a big part of traveling is often you know, meeting people, people do have travel romances, and these are things they need to know and be aware of, taking right. you know, that aspect of traveling into consideration. If you go to Morocco and you're spending a month there, you know, and you meet a wonderful person who, by all accounts, could very well be a wonderful person. Yeah. You just need to have it in the back of your mind that this is a, predom- this is a very dominant issue in Morocco, and to be on your guard and... Be aware of that heading into the situation that you're getting yeah, into. Yeah, you're right. I think I was sort of reading this more as, um, and I'm I was reading it wrong in the sense of um, being in like a relationship, but actually it's mm. just intimate partner, which could mean, you know, yeah. a one night stand or someone you meet from a dating app. So yeah, you're right. Uh, that is, um, you know, some of these countries. If you are, we've talked about you know travel romances and getting on dating apps and having travel flings as Steph said maybe take a look at some of these countries and just be a bit more cautious of it yeah absolutely so moving into the next category legal discrimination so this is an aggregate score for laws and regulations that limit women's ability to participate in society and the economy or that differentiate between men and women so I think that this list did not surprise me whatsoever um, I think we're very aware of most countries where women's rights are not the uh, equal as men. So number one, Saudi Arabia. No yeah. surprise there. The second, no. um, UAE. So this one will definitely be a regional one. Yeah, I think that would surprise people because so many people just equate Dubai as the UAE. Yep. And they forget Dubai is kind of the Western epicenter of a very Muslim country. Mm-hmm that doesn't have the same protections for people outside of Dubai as they do inside Dubai. Well, and even you say that even in Dubai, they'll still have, they have the same laws. They're just very lenient, but I think that's where you can get, um, you still have to be very careful because as a, definitely as a woman, and I've been to Dubai and I, you know, a friend of mine lived there for years and 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, you can live very freely. You know, women can go on the beach, be in a bikini. They can drink. They can, you know, they've, they're known for their ladies' nights, club nights. But at the same time, you could get into uh, the, a taxi at the end of the night with a taxi driver that decides he doesn't appreciate you as a drunk woman in the back of his car, and he can take you to the police. Like, it still would apply, the, the same laws. Mm, but yeah, um, so you still have to be on your guard. Um, things like being drunk and having sex out of marriage is still very much frowned upon, even in Dubai. Uh, yeah. so be careful. And and then, as you said, like there's, you know, you, you can drive an hour outside of Dubai. So I went to Abu Dhabi when I was there and it's very different in Abu Dhabi. It's not as liberal there. Um, you know, women do have to cover up. So it's going to differ depending on where you're going. Um, mm. Saudi Arabia, I think that's one of those countries as a woman, I probably would never travel there anyways. That's not somewhere I would want to be where I just feel like I am on guard all the time. I have to be cautious mm. about what I do and what I say. And I mean, I don't know, Steph, would you ever go to? I think I would, to be honest. Would you? I mean, I think I would, if you did, yeah. you'd have to plan it. I'd plan it properly. I'd go. Yeah. I'd have all the right attire. I'd do all the right things according to the country's laws. I think I'd go because I just I just want to see the historical aspects of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I mean, I would as well, but I do sometimes still have a problem I mean, I'll be honest, even when I went to Dubai a couple of years ago, like there's something about me as a woman going into some of these countries mm-hmm. where I'm supporting their economy, but I don't have this, you know, they don't necessarily support yeah. women's rights. It's, but I, I know what you mean. It's, it's a, it's a, because at the same time, a lot of these countries, they have so much history and they're beautiful and you want to go see them, but mm-hmm. I mean, I would definitely be getting contact lenses. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Nothing. I could dress the whole, you know, the whole attire and then bright blue eyes. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Exactly. Out. So continuing on, we got Saudi Arabia, UAE, Iran, Bahrain, Malaysia, Egypt, Tunisia, Indonesia, Russia, and Morocco. Yeah. So predominantly, uh, most of the Muslim countries. 
Middle Eastern, yeah. Mid- yeah. And the Egypt, what's so funny about Egypt is it doesn't surprise me that it's on the list. But if mm-hmm. you visit Cairo, you can get, I don't want to call it Cairo liberal, but of all the Egyptian places, it there's more liberal attitudes. You're going to see women right. of all kinds of dress from high-end fashion with skin showing Mm -hmm. to fully covered, that it's easy to get the impression that that is all of Egypt when same thing. As soon as, I think we asked someone about that while we were there and they said, yeah, that's Cairo. As soon as you leave Cairo, you wouldn't see women dressed like this. Well, that's the same I would imagine for like even Malaysia, Indonesia Mm -hmm. as well. Like, you know, Bali is it is part of Indonesia, but I was going to say, I wonder if a lot of Australians would be surprised to see Indonesia's appearance on so many of these lists, because I find a lot of Australia's perceptions of Indonesia is Bali. Yeah. And they forget that Bali is a little tourist bubble. And outside of that, it is a very Muslim country. Yeah. Well, I would uh, even, and I'm not saying Australians in general, but I know people that don't even realize that Bali is part of Indonesia. <laughs> like they think Bali that is, doesn't surprise is like its own country. <clears throat> yeah. If, you know, some people, if you ask them what country is Bali part of, sometimes they can't answer it. <laughs> they actually don't know. Or yeah, they think it's its own country. So that's definitely very regional as well. And then Malaysia, even like I've, I, not that I've done a lot of Malaysia, but I have gone to the Malaysian part of Borneo and it was sort of, depending on where we were, it wasn't, you know, we could walk around, women could walk around with shorts, tank tops. It wasn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't super strict in terms of, it's not like I had, uh, yeah, had to completely cover up. But then, we, you know, we did ask our tour guide, you know, he said, oh, par- you know, parts of Borneo, you would have to cover up as a woman and and then other parts of Malaysia as well, obviously. So mm-hmm. very regional, I think, in those those countries. But yeah, you get to places like, you know, Saudi Arabia, definitely not Russia, Russia, I don't, I don't, do you know anyone that's been to Russia, stuff? I do, um, but I only know people who've kind of been to Moscow. Okay. And they, they all loved it, to be honest. Mm. They all had an amazing time, said it's beautiful, no complaints, but they didn't really, I mean, Russia, it's the biggest country in the world. Yeah. So even if you're there for a month, you're still only getting a glimpse at best. Yeah. I would feel very safe going to Moscow. Yeah. But parts so outside I. of that. And I think that speaks to when we did the episode about um, when we had the Gaza revolting on, you know, that was the country that both of uh, Kyle and Mikey said they wouldn't go to as gay men. So I wonder if a lot of these countries would also line up with discrimination against, you know, being homosexual as well. There's Sad, probably sadly true. Yeah. So then the next two now they, these are kind of like overarching themes. So global gender gap and gender inequality. Mm-hmm. But these are very, they're reflective of just attitudes towards women. So when you go there, you have an idea of the general, you know, perceptions of women, whether they're allowed to participate in um, different economic ways, what kind of education they can attain, what kind of health care they have access to. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me know if there's any, I'm going to go through global gender gap, but let me okay. know if you find any surprises in here. Number one comes Iran, Saudi Arabia, Morocco. Egypt, Turkey, Bahrain, UAE, South Korea, Tunisia, Japan. So the ones that stick out for me, South Korea, because I mm. I did think yeah. South Korea was quite, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have friends that have actually like lived over there, like women that absolutely loved it. Again, I, I would imagine maybe this is 
regional. So I have a few, a number of friends also who did the year in South Korea. And if you ask them about it, they're like, oh, it's great, blah, blah. And then when you dig deeper and start really asking questions, they start, Mm. more starts to come out. Okay. So, you know, in hindsight, sometimes when you forget the, you know, you remember the great parts and the not so great parts, you kind of brush under the rug. Right. That's what the vibe I've gotten from everyone I know who's done the year in South Korea. Mm. Um, And when you get talking to them about things like gender issues, um, their perception of Westerners and different kind of even beauty standards. Right. And the way they're treated as a result, they start to have a lot to say about it. So South Korea actually didn't surprise me only because of and I in my friend group three of them did the year in South Korea so one day they started talking to each other about it and I was blown away once they got deeper I was like oh right where and where did they live in South Korea did they live in in Seoul Seoul okay yeah so I would imagine most people if they are expats over there they'd be in Seoul and I think Japan so Japan didn't surprise me from everything you know I've ever learned and read about Japan I think it just stands out though because it stands out because it's considered such you know a first world nation very advanced very technological it stands out in that way to me on the list I agree but yeah, it also mm-hmm. didn't surprise me because we know Japan is, it's very male dominated in terms of business. Yeah. Yeah. That one didn't, as you said, at first it stood out, but then when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then we talked about gender inequality as well. So with gender equalities, this one is a calculated index that measures three basic factors. So health, uh, such as maternal mortality, empowerment, looking at like secondary education, uh, and then labor market as well. So in the countries on here, they didn't really surprise me either. So India, Morocco, Cambodia, Iran, Indonesia, Dominican Republic, Egypt, Philippines, Brazil, and Thailand. So a lot mm. of common, you know, a lot of these, yeah. countries, a lot of crossover countries. We see the Dominican on here again. Mm-hmm. So the Dominican, yeah, it's making an appearance across a lot of these lists. And so this list was put together in 2019. So I don't know if it takes into account the recent surge in murders and attacks on female tourists in the Mm, Dominican. Yeah. And a lot of them now too are even people have had this perception for so long that the resorts are their safety bubble, but they have been happening on the resorts. Yes. Well, it's funny that you say that when I went to the Dominican in, I think I was late 2003 and I've mentioned this a few times in the podcast, but sort of first trip away outside of Canada really and on the resort the men that worked on the resort looking back well even then I knew but they were so inappropriate like so inappropriate um I mean I remember we went kayaking the one day and I had to share a kayak with there was I was there with two friends so they went in one kayak and I had to share a kayak with one of the guys that worked at the the kayak stall or whatever And as we're kayaking, he started, like, he moved up behind me and, like, started putting his arms around me. And I didn't really know what to think of it. And now, fast Mm -hmm. forward me at almost the age of 35, I would have absolutely been like, what the fuck are you doing? No, this is totally inappropriate. But I didn't know. I was kind of like, you know, this, this inexperienced traveler. I thought maybe, I'm like, is this just how the culture is here? I don't know. And nothing happened. Thank God nothing happened. But I sort of, you know, brushed him away. We went back. We got out of the kayak and I didn't say anything. Um, and then just yeah. a couple of the guys that worked 
in the actual hotel just uh, speaking to us inappropriately. I remember one of them was trying to like coax me to come in like a back room with him. And I don't know. It was all just a bit creepy. And looking back at it, I I feel like it put me off resorts a bit. (laughs) I feel like I wish I could tell every woman from the age of, you know, 14 and up just to use their voice because there's so many things that we now as women look back on and we're like that wasn't okay yeah but we didn't know if we could say something or we were being polite or we didn't want to you know exactly that's it I think it was the polite factor I thought I'm a guest here I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable it's like no 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 they're making me uncomfortable why should I feel uncomfortable when I'm I hate how women, we really do find our voices on speaking up. I want to say like starting around the age of 27 almost, which sounds Mm -hmm. so late, but it's what I seem to see happening. And it's like, I wish I could teach every woman from the age of 14 up that when a man makes you uncomfortable, like you tell him. Yeah. Or tell tell someone. And you tell him publicly. I don't even care. Yeah. We also we also have this mindset where we feel like we can't say things in front of other people. Where it's like if they're doing that to you in front of other people, damn right you can say something yeah. in front of other oh, people. Oh, absolutely. But, and you're right. Yeah, looking it's, I it's so funny when you look back at some of these experiences. And again, I've had I thought about that one, you know, recently and I'm like, "My god, like that guy's lucky he didn't pull that shit on me now because I would have made a yeah. uh, fool out of him <laughs> in that kayak." But <laughs> So what I what I do find interesting about the global gender gap and the gender inequality list is South Africa topped the list on not safe to walk alone at night, intentional mm-hmm. homicide of women, non-partner sexual violence, but didn't even make the list for global gender gap and gender inequality. So it's yeah. almost like women have more access to education, more access to health care, to political positions, but yet they're still being there's not necessarily that correlation between, you know, participation in the economy versus violence against them. Yeah, that is actually, I didn't even... Because they're, South Africa is absent from these lists. Interesting. Now, a list South Africa is not absent from is... Is The last one. The final list is the general, the violence against women attitudes. And this one... This list terrifies me. Yes. Because this list is actually based on women who agree that a partner or husband is justified in beating their wife or partner. Yeah. So this isn't men. Again, when I first read it, I thought, oh, it's just where men think it's okay. But no, this is women saying, yeah, it's absolutely fine if my husband backhands me, if I've done something wrong. Which is just terrifying. And at number one on that list was 61% of women think there are times when it is justified for their partner to beat them Mm. is Thailand. Yeah, that one stood out. For sure, because it's such a high tourist area. I yeah, I don't know, it, and it didn't. Thailand didn't really make. It did a couple times in the other list, but not that high up, you know. Yeah. So number one is Thailand. Two is China, mm. Cambodia, India, Malaysia, Singapore, Egypt, Vietnam, South Africa, and Morocco. Mm. South Africa, I- though, it's funny that we just talked about gender, global gender gap and gender inequality, where South Africa doesn't make that list. Yet yeah. on this list, South African women are saying, yep, it's fine if my partner yeah, yeah. Be- beats me. I yeah. oh. Well, it's fun- because I found now Rwanda is obviously not on the list because it's not one of the top 50 tourist countries in the world. Right. But in Rwanda. So if anyone would ever look at Rwanda's stats on women in the their political sphere, mm-hmm. there's a lot of women in politics in Rwanda. 
Right. And but they've done studies on a lot of those women. They participate in the economy a lot at very high ranking levels. Mm -hmm. They have similar there are similar mindsets of violence against women in the home. Because what happens is women have these roles and they go home and their husbands beat them out of inadequacy. And it's a huge, huge problem in Rwanda. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I almost see the correlation between Rwanda and South Africa. So women now have these roles of participation. Right. Yet still that mentality about that you know women should yeah i i see i know what you mm. mean and i i agree with the correlation with south africa you're absolutely right it's almost like men are still not at a place where they can feel okay with women having these equal rights and yeah. the same jobs with them as everything uh it's almost like in some countries women being able to participate in the economy progresses faster than male yes. mindsets around them doing it so they're they have the right to do it but men aren't prepared for that i don't know what the right term is yeah no i know what you mean and i think now things like even sex sex education in schools now things Mm -hmm. are like this as just as an example is changing around like for example i mean i remember sex ed when we were what 13 14 and it was i mean we learned about women's periods and where babies come from and how to put a condom on a wooden mm-hmm. penis like that was our sex ed but now i have you know friends that are teachers in you know the uk canada um other countries where sex ed a lot of that is teaching men about consent and what's okay and how you treat a woman and that obviously ties into potentially violence against women as well and i wonder if a place like south africa it's as you said they're not progressing fast enough in terms of teaching men mm-hmm. what's acceptable I- and what's not with yeah yeah i mean when i was in so india is number four on this list and when i was in india I did a yoga retreat for a week. How mm-hmm. cliche of me, I know. Yeah. And part of it, there was a lot of men there too. And they were they were doing a session just on general health. Mm-hmm. And they separated the men and the women. And I was a bit confused at first. And then even the woman running the session for us women, when she started talking about her period, her voice got really quiet. Right. The and shame. I realized... They separated us so the men wouldn't hear the women talking about their period. And these were all, these were all adults. These weren't kids who it's awkward. Like men know Mm. women get periods. It's what makes the world go round. (laughs) It's part of the natural (laughs) flow of things. No pun intended. (laughs) But um, yeah, and it's just the mindsets and attitudes towards sex and female mm. bodies it's shameful just, still yeah it's shameful in a lot of countries how i mean it's still it's... and you know what you say that even in countries like the uk canada like it's quite funny at work me and the girls at work we are like an open book there and mm-hmm. we talk you know like it's true what they say any guys listening and i would hope any guys listening you're not like turning the podcast off because we're talking about periods i don't think any of the guys listening would no i don't think so either but all pretty cool it's true what they say. Ladies do sync up when they spend enough time together. So yeah, us, like all the girls at work, we talk about it in the open. And actually, most of the guys at my work, they're cool with it. They all they all sort of laugh when they're like, oh, good to know. You guys are, okay, it's your week. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. But you still get a few that kind of are, ugh, and they sort of grimace. It's like, oh, come on, boys. It's 2020. Vaginas bleed. <laughs> and I would hope we get to a point sometime in my lifetime where yeah it's not a shameful 
thing. You know, women shouldn't feel ashamed about having a period and especially things now like, you know, there's there's so many things alongside. I feel like we're going on to a totally different topic, but we are things like, you know, (laughs) women that suffer from, you know, things like endometriosis. It's not talked about enough because it's it's still women are feel ashamed to talk about it. And it's a big problem amongst women. You know, this Mm -hmm. is something women suffer from and it's horrific. So anyways, for other guys listening out there. And the women. Fun facts. There you go. No shame. No shame. <laughs> um, so let's do then from from this list then, essentially taking into account an average of all the categories we just talked about. So Thailand, India, Morocco, Egypt, Dominican Republic, Iran, Mexico, Russia, Brazil, and number one, surprise, surprise, South Africa. Mm-hmm. So they gave these a score. Everything's kind of done from a score from like F as in fail to A. Although no country's got an A, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So those are the top 10 unsafe ones. Now, again, you know, I don't think any of these really jump out at us. Thailand, though, I know, Steph, you were saying, well. Yeah, I was surprised. Well, what I what I was thinking when you said this was I was so shocked that Thailand was rated, you know, unsafer than Saudi Arabia. But they all were. The whole top 10 was. Yeah. Well, and also bear um, in mind the two categories that scored heavier were... Mm-hmm. Um, safe to walk alone at night and intentional homicide of women. So they yeah. scored each of those countries were scored like a two point score versus yeah, all the yeah. other categories were one. So I feel like Saudi Arabia, I mean, yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't even make those two charts, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. South Africa being number one though. I mean, I still know a lot of people that would s- still very yeah, happily. Well, and, and it's wild to me. Cause while I hate the question, you know, what's your favorite country? Mm-hmm. Um, when I have to pick one, I actually choose South Africa because it was by far the most beautiful country I've been to. I was there for a month and I could have spent, you know, easily another month. And I usually don't say that about a place. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way about Thailand and Thailand's mm-hmm. number 10 on this list. So, you know, it goes, it weren't, and that's the thing, as we said at the beginning, we're not saying not to visit any of these countries. we're we're not saying it because we've been to a lot of them we've talked about egypt morocco thailand stuff you've been to india i've solo traveled eight of the top 10 (laughs) yeah i mean you can do it it's just about being safe and just taking into consideration some of these factors that we might not think of so and with that said though let's Mm -hmm. look at from this list the top 10 safest countries number 10 poland that surprises me. that actually surprises me because the uk is number 11 I would have yeah. thought it was the other way around, to be honest. But mm-hmm. so the UK is number 11, guys. So we're almost, almost in the top 10. But Poland being number 10. Mm-hmm. Next, Canada, Croatia, Portugal, Norway, Switzerland, Austria, Ireland, Singapore, and then Spain being the safest to travel as a solo woman, which yeah. that, didn't, that didn't surprise me at all. I feel like Spain is very liberal, very open. Um, I've never felt unsafe anytime. I, well, besides pickpocketing, but that's, again, nothing directed that's specifically to women. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and then you've got, you know, your Norway, Switzerland, Austria. Ireland has always been yeah. a safe country for women to go to. I feel what surprises me, because a lot of our listeners are from Australia. Mm-hmm. So Australia was actually number 29 on the list. Yeah. So almost smack in the middle of the top 50 most traveled countries australia's in the middle yeah there was quite a few that didn't make that top 10 that i was actually quite surprised about like germany being one of them mm-hmm. i thought germany would be in yeah. there um i thought yeah i thought australia mm-hmm. um sweden as well 
funnily enough, Sweden is not even near the top 10. But yeah, so there you have it, guys. There's a, again, we'll, we'll link this index to the show notes. It's really, really interesting. It is. If you're really into data, like I am, and looking at numbers mm-hmm. and coming up with, you know, your own analysis definitely have a look and you know maybe this will help you guys map out some of those countries that you've thought about going to as a solo solo traveler as a woman see I look at this list and I've just I'm so over Europe and it's like it just basically tells you to travel to Europe yeah (laughs) for the most part well um again it's not saying don't travel I think it's just saying what to be aware of so a lot of interesting data this week this um some surprises some not so much a surprise. Yeah. And let us know, guys, if there's anything on this list that either surprises you or doesn't. Or if you've been to any of these countries uh, as a solo female traveler, uh, we want to hear mm-hmm. about your stories and your experiences. And if you guys have any tips as well. Yes. So shoot us a DM. You know where to find us. And if you don't, here it is. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.